Welcome to Who Killed the Radio Tsar! That's right, it's time for the internet's premier heroes podcast. We're going to go on a deep dive, we're going to talk about Milo Venta... Milo? Venta Mahalia. God, what was that guy's name? My name is Steve. And I'm Tyler. We are here today to get into the mystery of the disappearance of Richie Edwards. Richie Edwards... One of the greatest guitarists of all time. False. Met, married to Heather Locklear. Incorrect. Uh, you know, just a, a key member of Bon Jovi. More lies and fed to you by the media. Wait. I thought this episode was about Richie Sambora. Richie Edwards was a member of the band, the Manic Street Preachers. It's a... This episode is live from Britain. It's gonna be a conspiracy. Now you may be saying, I've never heard of the Manic Street Preachers before. And maybe you've been saying, I have heard of them, and I love them. Going to be one or the other. Some people have heard of them and are indifferent, but... <laughs> we were a bit, we were a bit... I, I gotta say, you know, between the two of us, especially, if you take both of our collective musical knowledge, we have very few gaps, dark spots. No. But this entire... Blackouts, brownouts. Uh, Welsh indie scene from the early 90s is something I do not have enough experience with. What was the name of it? There's a whole name for this movement of music. Um, cool Cimarron? <laughs> Here we go. Cim so so the, so the word is the Welsh word for... For Wales. Wales. It's C-Y-R-M-U. And it's pronounced... Cameron? Cameron? It's like Camry. It's like Camry. Cameron. Cool, cool, cum, cool Cumry. Dear God, we are alienating every Welsh listener, all three of you. We have the metrics. <laughs> we know you're them. there. We know we see you. And we respect you. How are things in Swansea? Not a Welsh accent. So there was a whole cultural, pop cultural movement called Cool... Uh, <laughs> Already gone. Well, out, out of the noggin. Welsh word for Wales. Right out of the cool noggin. Cam cool Cameron. <laughs> cool Cameron. Okay. And the Manic Street Preachers... Talk more about Cameron. <laughs> were a big part of this. We have an episode coming up. Listen, people, uh, we've got an episode list. coming up about Cameron. The whole album Purple was actually supposed to be called Green. Reptilian Elite. we got lots coming up on that, too, so stay tuned. The Manic Street Preachers were a big part of this movement, uh, along with bands like the Stereophonics, and I'll admit a bunch of bands that I hadn't heard A bunch heard of bands, about. but some great band names, and honestly, some great tunes. We were, we were kind of listening to it the last few days, getting caught up on the Welsh scene. Getting it in, getting a little, getting a little, you got a Welshman? You got a Welshman? Oh First? man, I got a Welshman for you. Uh, Poostics. That Poo was that was a band. The Poostics. Poo it was Winnie the Pooh. It was spelled like Winnie the Pooh. It wasn't. It was P O O H. Is it a real one? I I don't know if you know that's like a big thing in England. Because like, well, I guess Winnie the Pooh is big in England, right? Winnie the Pooh is like made in England, I think. Or Canada? well, no, it's it's originated about a bear at the Winnipeg Zoo. Christopher Robin, that's it, right? Because okay, his so dad was in the army. Listeners who are not Canadian. And don't know who Winnie the Pooh is. Don't know who Winnie the Pooh is. I'm sure maybe maybe y'all have some equivalent when you were growing up. But we had these commercials that would run on t on television. Oh, man. Canadian Heritage Canadian, Moments. Canadian Heritage Moments. <sighs> what a time to be alive. And there were a variety of different ones of, of significant things that happened in Canada. And one of them was Winnie the Pooh. It was the creation of Winnie the Pooh. A dramatic reenactment. Yeah, it was like an army man, a British army man and his child. Army man? Army man? At a zoo in Winnipeg. 
and, and she, I think and that's was, why it's Winnie. And they put a bear in there, and then he said, "What do you want to name?" And the little girl was like, "I'll name him Pooh." And, and again, ended, not a girl, Christopher Robin. <laughs> it was a, bo- it was a girl. It was a boy. It was, it was a, a boy. boy. It, listen, gender. Uh, anyways, gender I, is a construct. That is the mystery of how Winnie the Pooh was invented. I think. Yeah, because I think I think that's what Winnie is. I think Winnie is Winnipeg. It's Winnipeg. And then they go. He goes, "What do you want? That? What do what, what do you want to name him, son?" And he goes, "Ah, Winnie the Pooh." I, Pooh? Why Pooh, son? I don't know. Just poo. Because and that is like a I literal. I just made a fart in my trousers. <laughs> my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a, a lot of brown, too, you know. Like, were there colors in 1920? It's all brown. It's all brown, baby. It, they will lead you to believe it is nothing but brown and gray. It is nothing but brown. Most of life is nothing but brown. Once you realize that is when you can start seeing the green. Are you sure? That- in the brown. No. <laughs> in, the, in the brown. It sounds like when I clean up my cat poo. <laughs> seeing the green and the brown. It's all over the place. <laughs> These little fuckers love eating <laughs> all sorts of plants, getting green in their poop. I was telling Tyler before recording, my dog took three shits in my kitchen. And this is a big dog, ladies and gentlemen. This is, Steve's got a new dog. Got a new dog. It's a monster. And it shit three times in my kitchen in one go. It's a half, half, what, half boxer, half mastiff? Boxer, mastiff, pipple. And it is a fucking beast. You I've ever gotten- seen Sandlot? Ladies and gentlemen. It is the Sandlot dog. It's Sandlot dog. It's a dog from the Sandlot. Yeah. It's Sandlot dog. Let me tell you, I've gotten myself into a pickle. And neighborhood <laughs> children are developing new lore surrounding your dog. I did not see the shit, but I can imagine it is a human-sized shit, and there's three of them. Bigger, and there were bigger. three of them. Bigger. They're huge. Bigger. They're the biggest shits I've ever seen. So the Manic Street Preachers. Let's, let's talk about them. They're manic. They're from the streets. From the streets. And they're all preachers. They start popping up in, they're, they're an early 90s band. This whole, this whole movement is early 90s. It's very specific. Early 90s, whales. Again, want to stress, I think I gotta go back. We gotta go back. I think I need to listen to more of this scene because what we, the, the little of what we've heard over the last few days, I'm into. It's great. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta get deeper into this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. See how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah, that's for our other podcast, The Rabbit Hole, which we really fought the rights for that name. So what we're really getting into here is that the Manic Street Preachers were excelling as a band and Richie Edwards, their frontman and chief lyricist, up and vanished one day. That's that's the good. Right, right before they made it big. More, yeah, right? more or like less. Right but, before an American press a, tour. But this isn't a Joy Division type situation so much. Well, I guess Joy Division went on as New Order and did very well, but. This isn't like, like, they, like, the Manic Street Preachers still went on. And their, the next album they released was the one that, like, blew up. And it was a little bit more poppy, a little more mainstream. And it made them, that's their most successful album. It was like when Radiohead, wait, no, it like was opposite Radiohead. Because Radiohead had Pablo Honey. And that was more poppy than anything. And then they went left. All right. They went weird. Clockwise. They went weird. Richie Edwards was born in a town called Blackwood. Carefully. Oh, no. Carefully. Let's look at this. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it might have weird uh, Welsh pronunciation, but it looks like carefully. South Wales. Oh, that's the British part. That's what they tell me. He's born on December 22nd, 1967. This young lad was 27 years old when he disappeared in 1995. Or 27. Now, there's not a lot of mention, not a lot of inclusion of him in the 27 Club because, I mean, this whole episode, we're going to get into it. He didn't really die. We don't know if he died when he disappeared. But if we are to assume that he did die, another in person in the 27s. it is another person in the 27s. 
A 27-year-old right now is born in 1995. That's the other thing that, like, the, the more and more... That's when Richie Edwards disappeared. Whoa. Then things are coming full circle. Holy shit. Or Boris. We're through the looking glass, people. We're through the rabbit's hole. Whoa. We are inside the rabbit's hole. So Richie Edwards was not initially a member of the band. They were three-piece, and they were going they were, they were going strong before he came in, and he was their runner. And so he was their driver. He drove them around. Mm. He was also their roadie. He was doing double duty. He was a friend of theirs. He'd known some of them since high school. They had a band that was going. He couldn't play instruments, but he was completely, he's like, I'm in. I'm all in. We need a ride. You need someone to carry this thing around. He was just, was, was he like into the music? He, I think he was, but I think he was more just into like doing the sort anything. of the alternative scene. Right. These are his, these are his friends, right? So he's, he's on the same page that they are. They can just play instruments. Here's the thing when Richie, Richie was driving them around, roadieing for them, working with them, hanging with them. He started writing some lyrics and whatnot, and they, they took a look and it's like way better than anything they had going on. And that's the thing with, with Richie Edwards is once he made his way in, is he was more of a, he was a lyricist. He was an or, he was the orator for the band. He was, he was a wordsmith. And, but that seems from my readings to be the only thing he really presented to the band in general. Uh, there's another thing he had cheekbones. He had cheekbones. He's more of like a muse for the band. He was a, he's a handsome young man. Yeah. Rather. Well, I've seen pictures. I mean, he's handsome in a certain way. In a, wel- in a Welsh way? He's handsome in a, like a, in a, in a cool oh, Welsh. I am, I'm tortured and I want to meet the tortured boy. Eyeliner on 100% of the time. Seems like it. Yeah. You know, black Super hair. Super cool carvings on his skin too. So <laughs> super cool. Like, you know, everyone's getting tattoos now. It's and really everyone really thinks it's like super cool and stuff. It's rebellious, but you know, I'm gonna put my money if I could if I could invest in the carving, uh, uh the tree, the the carving branch. That's what's next. So Richie Edwards famously in an interview carved what Tyler is referencing is he carved into his arm four the the number four number four four real into his arm his forearm is this my forearm yeah yeah that's your forearm. He carved it into his forearm. And the pictures are, those pictures, it was in an interview. He was being photographed constantly. Uh, so if you quick Google, you can find that. And the first cut on that floor Whoa, is deep. I don't like it. I don't Ooh, like it. And, and the first cut on the R as well. And Whoa, then I think. Oh, I don't like it. Then he learned. He, he learned a little to. Don't you know, press in so you much. You gotta press so much. But he, those are big wounds. And the guy that interviewed him, he's recounted that he didn't even know. He didn't even know what was happening. He didn't even know what Richie had just carved into his arm because immediately that first cut on the floor Whoa, led so much blood like it. down his arm. I don't like it. Listen, man, it's fucking, we're all full of it. It's just on the around inside oh, me right now. I don't Mike, like it. Mike can probably pick up all this blood moving around Whoa. inside of this husk. The so, only thing I like blood for is boners. And I, that has been my stance for years. And you know this. What about mosquitoes? Do I hate them? But the blood makes, get out of here. The blood fills them up and they Taking get Taking the blood away from my, from my boner. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have been and they're not gonna stop this buddy. is why i have ed too many mosquito bites it's science look it up people the earth is flat mosquitoes are why i can't get hard anymore mm-hmm. this is all true this, this is, is a podcast this is all getting cut i don't know if it is <laughs> i don't know if it is anyways um i will say like i, I do want to point out that in, in like this is probably my least researched out of all the topics we've done so far. But I did do a little bit of reading. I did more listening than reading. 
It's important. I did more listening to their music because once you, this is the first topic I think we've really got on, especially about someone specific that I didn't really have any knowledge of. Like, Manic Street Preachers is just one of those, like, it's just one of those band names you know. Because yeah. it's like in the zeitgeist. Uh, perhaps maybe our 25 year old listeners don't feel the same way. Well, we, I mean, we worked in, we've worked in record stores too. So it's a this name is true. we've seen. But like, you know, it's also like one of those situations where, you know, Manic Street Preachers are big in the early 90s. Uh, Steve and I are like seven, you know, like six, seven, eight at this a point when they're too, big. Yeah, a little too early. So and- by the time we're starting to really get into music when we're 13, this oh. band's only five years old. So there are people telling us about this band, but it's not really like, you know, when you're 13 and you're getting into music, five years seems like a fucking lifetime because it is. It's like, you know, a third of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot harder to connect with that music. I personally find. Well, um, especially at that age, because the music is very good. My older brother would have been a bit around 20, 19 or 20 around that point. Yeah. And he actually showed me a lot of music, introduced me to a lot of stuff. But at this point, he's out there with like NWA shaved in the back of his head. Right. And he's wearing like a big old Raiders jacket and he's oh, out on absolutely. the streets. Flat brim cap. Playing you, Mortal Kombat. You weren't allowed to wear a flat brim cap. You can't do it. You get arrested. So there's really, there was just no, it just never really got on, on my menu. Yeah, no, that checks out. I mean, and it's the same for me, you know, it's just one of those bands that's always out there, especially because like, you know, in later years, I've dabbled with some like British music criticism, and sometimes they will like get on rants about bands, and they're just so out of my realm of indie. You know, you hit me with like indie shit from like 2006, I was 18, I'm gonna know it all. Yeah, you, you were, know? it was annoying. Yeah, but like, you know, when you have to be that, I think, specific age range or at least specific age maturity for it to really resonate. Um, but I've really enjoyed what I've listened to. And it does seem like he was the kind of person who wasn't being, you know, wild for the sake of being wild. He really seemed to address his mental health struggles in an open and transparent way long before a lot of people were talking about that in the cultural mainstream. He was for real, man. Um, Even, like, you know, I think a lot of the time, like, I love Kurt Cobain, and I'm a little bit jaded on Cobain because I found him when I was so young. So it just, like, I, I burned myself out on all of the Cobain shit really early. But, you know, a lot of Cobain shit now as an adult feels a little cringy and over the top. It can. It can. It, you know, it can. not not disingenuous, but just, like, a little bit more um of an artistic flair to it. Mm-hmm. Or just the things that I've read about 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 Richie Sambora and his journeys in Bon Jovi, I've seen a lot more. Not, you know, it's not you know like a little bit more down to earth and real. But maybe it's just like you know the scope of which I'm finding myself discovering it. Well, Richie Edwards was very public about his. I think you mean Sambora <laughs> about his struggles with uh, bouts of depression and anorexia, and like was always completely open about it in, in interviews. And also talked about how he was, like, super happy until he was 14. Yeah. I, which, saw, I saw a couple things like which, that. Which, like, we all, like, buddy, like, get in line. I've, I think <laughs> about the times before, pre-14, all the time. Ah, but 14's pretty, pretty late, isn't it? What's it's, 14? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, like, pre, like, maybe pre, like, 10 for me is when I'm, like, having fun out grade, in the woods. Grade and 9? I'm, I'm running around, I'm catching bugs. I don't know. Great. I, I don't know. Hello, Tyler. I caught a little toad. Hello, I caught a little toad. I'm going to name I'm... him Tyler, and he's going to be my best friend. Father, why did you step on Tyler? No. no. You ever see Wind in the Willows? 
Ah. Steve kind of accidentally rewrote that as a child. <laughs> I'm fucking this close to getting a tattoo of the wind and wind in the wind. It's essentially right you know he's like a, a frog <laughs> drinking tea or like riding an old timey bicycle. You know, I've read your entire fiction that is essentially like a mix of Wind in the Widows, Redfall, <laughs> and uh, Peter Cottontail. Red isn't it? Red Wall. Did I, did I not say Red Wall? I said Redfall. I might have said Redfall. Redfall's the new game coming out. <laughs> Anyways, guys, check out Redfall. It's on Game Pass, uh, October 3rd. Um, you're going to love it. It's from the creators of something. I don't remember what, but something. Our first major sponsor. So on on top of Richie doing this whole for real, like cutting himself thing in the interview, he was very open about self-harming himself. Very often with s- putting out cigarettes on his body. Which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool, like I, but like I knew a guy. We, we knew a guy who put. He, I saw him put a cigarette out in the center of his forehead, and <laughs> did you see him like visibly in pain? But not. I saw it all. Call, I saw like, every moment of it. Time slowed down, and I saw every second of it. And I saw his eyes at first so angry, and then I saw his eyes changing. The what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Oh no, this! And then after he pulled it off. It was just sort of there, and it started getting worse and worse by the seconds. Oh, no. And we were just sort of like, now what? Turning green. Yeah. Surprisingly, that scar disappeared. So, Richie, this is the thing with Richie. They brought him into the band. He's writing great songs. He's out there. He's got what the ladies want. He's got what the guys want. He's strutting his stuff. He can't play any instruments. And it wasn't really an issue. They did this. They pulled this thing off Sid Vicious style. They just didn't plug him in. Well, first they tried to bring him out there with a cowbell. Then that didn't really get a lot of heat. The SNL skit uh, hadn't happened. Then yet. they tried a washboard. Didn't really mesh nah, with the music. Nah, then nah, a nah. triangle looked a little too effeminate, even for that point and what they were going for. They actually just unplugged him and let him just sort of brood on stage, which is what he That was sort of his thing. He'd get out there and he was 110% and was just. Very brooding. I think he was maybe doing that like new metal guitar thing where you like, stand up straight. Oh, and then and you knock, you rock your knees. Of, yeah, and you do the head turn, head yeah. tilt a little bit. Uh, before that was even really happening. Yeah, he was full. He's full on brooding. He was like Gangrel, Edge, Christian, blood coming out of their mouths, carving for real in your arm, hardcore shit. He also had checked himself into psychiatric hospitals, like right after the release of their album, The Holy Bible, which is what we were listening to. And he completely missed out on like most of the PR promotional stuff for that album. A lot of the promotional stuff just showed them as a three piece, even though they weren't. (laughs) It's kind of bizarre that like, you know, someone who, again, just judging, again, guys, didn't do enough research for this one, but just judging by the way you're describing him in the early days of being someone who was so into just like being part of the band in any sort of capacity... Like, those people are typically the people who are just fame whores and just looking to be famous in any sort of way they can or be associated with the band in any sort of way they can. But he almost, like, started out, like, a reality show contestant and ended up like Sid Barrett. Well, he's a poet. He he is he is writing some great lyrics here. He is. He is writing game-changer lyrics. This, this, is, this is completely fair, but for someone who just seemed so interested in being part of the band, for them to then... Take a left turn. It feels a little inconsistent with what we normally see in this pattern. I, I see what you're saying. Well, with all this being said about Richie, this whole lead up is taking us to February 1st, 1995, when Richie Edwards vanished from presumably his hotel room in London. That was the last time he was really seen. And as we said, he was 27 years old. 
Yeah, that's the last time he was seen. Dun, dun, dun. Or was it? Uh, lots of people say they've seen him. So, he disappeared. The, he was due to fly to the United States for a big, big tour, big, prom, big promotional the big, tour. the big tour. They were going for two weeks. Leading up to that day, he had taken a 200 pounds a day, totaling 2,800 pounds. And for, your, for our American listeners, that's a unit of money. That's money. That's not weight. It's not weight. He didn't lose 200 pounds a day. It's not cheeseburgers. Okay, guys. So, here's an interesting thing from when he disappeared. He took some books and videos and stuff, and a copy of the play Equus. Oh, Equus. Do you know what Equus is? Well, I, I, I don't, because I specifically did not read. Unlike Tyler, I did do a lot of research for this episode. And I decided not to research into Equus, because I relied on Tyler's big head <laughs> to already have this part covered for me. And I think... That it's gonna play out aces for me. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a half payoff here. All, okay, so all I know about Equus is that it is a allotted theater play that involves a lot of naked men and mm. a lot of horses. Interesting. Okay. It it, it is most notably in that. my brain. Most notably in my brain, it is the play that Daniel Radcliffe did after Harry Potter. To be like, I'm serious now. Did he do it? I'm doing Equus. And that was like his big swing. Equus is a play written by Peter Schaefer, written in 1973, telling the story of a psychiatrist who attempts to treat a young man who has a pathological religious fascination with horses. Boom. Look at this picture. It's a horse. It is a horse. That's, that is where it exists in my brain. I know that can be disappointing to some people, or some people have ne- never heard of Equus, but that is the big thing Equus exists in my brain, is the play Daniel Radcliffe did Do we know? after Harry Potter, because it was edgy and cool. Maybe he, maybe he was, you know, As really... a sidetrack. <laughs> I want to, I want to come in from, I want to, I want to stand my YA adaptation homies. From okay. the early or the early 2010s, late aughts, because those motherfuckers took the bag and then did really cool shit. What we're talking, talking? Robert talking Robert Pattinson. Okay, we're talking Daniel Radcliffe. We're yeah. talking Rupert Grint. We're, we're about, talking uh, about some of those fucks in the, uh, Gen- the Maze Runner movies. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is a classic example. Classic. I mean, well, see, Jennifer Lawrence kept getting the bag. But a lot of those people took the bag and then they went and did fucking cool ass movies for no money because they could. And I really appreciate that. I think Tobey Maguire might have been at the forefront of that. And where's Robert Pattinson now, right? On the streets of Gotham. That's right, because he's got to re-up for his next 20 years that of is... making fucking Equus the... <laughs> no, Equus 2. <laughs> a story about a man obsessed with uh, unicorns with horns in his butt. Real edgy. Oh, oh, super edgy. Electric boogaloo. Do we know the significance of leaving Equus? It, so, if you, so it's, Richie is presumed, this is a, his disappearance is a presumed suicide. If you were to kill yourself and you left behind Equus, a, co- a copy, of, a copy Equus of Equus and uh, some sort of horse sex doll. Do we know the significance of that? Probably. If it was those two things, it was that he was attracted to horses. But just being Equus by itself makes it much more interesting. Because if it was literally a sex doll of a horse, then we would we would know the answer. So we had the books and the videos and the copy of Equus. He wrapped them up in a box with a note that said, I love you. And decorated oh, yeah. the box. No, there was weirder things in that box, too. 
There was a Germanic house. There was a picture of a Germanic house. A picture of a Germanic house. Yeah. There was something else weird in there, too. Wasn't there a, a stupid poem about tulips? There's some poems. Of course, there's got to be poems. Oh, yeah, there's got to be a poet. poems. He's a poet. He, uh, I, I don't mean to say stupid. <laughs> they're not stupid. Po- poetry, <laughs> poetry is valid. I'm too old for it. It gets to a point. Uh, calm down, buddy. You're like fucking 26. Yeah, but you get too old for poetry. Or you become a poetry guy, and no one wants to be poetry guy. I, Richie. Ned Flanders' dad, poetry guy. He wrapped them in a box with a note that said, I love you, and decorated the box like a birthday present. And the outside of it was covered with collages and literary quotations. And, uh, Is there some Bugs Bunny shit in there, too? Yeah, there was the picture of the Germanic house, and Bugs Bunny was also on there. Oh, my God. Incredible. <laughs> and it was addressed to a Joe. J-O. Yeah, it was addressed to his ex-girlfriend, right? Or I, th- I think. They had ju- they had, had an on-again, off-again relationship for quite some time, but they had just broken up again, like two weeks or three weeks prior. So given from the stuff they know he had in his hotel room, the day he disappeared, he collected up his car keys, his Prozac, his wallet, and his passport. Now, the Prozac is interesting to take if you're going to check but yourself out. But he also left Prozac. Well, I can't take that. That was another thing that, <laughs> like, I, I remember reading it was like, he took some Prozac, and I'm like, some? And then later in the paragraph was like, he also left Prozac, well, and I'm like, oh, that's why he said some. And or maybe the, that, the, the maybe, narrator of our Wikipedia article. Maybe that leads to the theory of, of suicide, that he only took what he needed. I suppose. Is Prozac really going to get you? No, it's just going to make you feel better. Yeah, well, to. I guess it depends on your body chemistry, but. It depends on a lot of things. He checked out of the hotel at 7 a.m. He took his Prozac album. He left behind his... You gotta take your Prozac album. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know the band Prozac, do yourself a favor. He had a strange disease. He took the Prozac. Canadian. 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 He checked out of the hotel at 7 a.m., leaving behind his suitcase with his personal belongings, his toiletries, and of course, some Prozac was left behind. Drove to an apartment he had in Cardiff, where he left some things again, and Drove off. Now, in the next two weeks, Tyler, is where things start getting a little interesting. We start getting different accounts of people saying that they're seeing him or interacting with him. Shows up at that pro wrestling show. Yeah, you can see him on one of the uh, WWE Raws. Early Raw. Very early Raw. Early Raw. The Hammerstein Ballroom. Right right at side stage. It first starts in Newport. Apparently, he was spotted in the Newport Passport Office. We're talking Newport, UK. And also spotted, so February 5th, spotted at the Newport bus station. Not Newport, Massachusetts. Get the fuck out of here. It's not that. You greasy Bostonites. It's in Wales. Get out of here, Newport News. What kind of name of a town is that? So this is supposedly by a fan who didn't even know that he got missing. He was That's like, right, I read that. Holy shit, there's Richie Edwards waiting for the bus. And then also told that story to someone before it was reported he was missing. So it like kind of corroborate. Corrobor- Corroborated. Collaborate. On February 7th, a taxi driver claims to have picked up Richie from the King's Hotel and drove him to his hometown of Blackwood. Ooh, Blackwood. Blackwood. That's how you got to say that one. The cab driver claims that the passenger spoke in a Cockney accent. Can you do a Cockney accent? (laughs) I think that's what I was doing at the top of the show. Oh, hello. (laughs) But he would slip into a Welsh one. Oh, man. Uh, my Reese. My oh, Reese I, 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 uh, I'll take a cab to Blackwood. I haven't heard a lot of interviews with Reese Davies. Uh, take a cab to Blackwood. Uh, 
nope, nope, <laughs> that's not it. Uh, oh boy, we're, we're bleed listeners from Swansea and we're Cardiff. Gonna, we're gonna put a beep over all this. <laughs> and Pontypool. So he was speaking in a Cockney accent, and he would slip into a Welsh one. <laughs> oh, hello, Governor. Could you take me over to the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking cancelled in Wales. We're never playing their live. And it was also interesting, he noted that this passenger laid down. He just laid down completely on the back of the cab seat. He, what did he accumulate? A 68-pound taxi ride at the end of this whole this shit? Is, this, is that, this is that ride. Yeah, yeah. In like 1993. That is a long... In 95. the middle of nowhere, in, well, not the middle of nowhere, but in Wales, you know, that's a steep fucking cab ride. It's true, it's true. They eventually reached the Blackwood bus station, and the passenger reportedly said, Oi, this not the place! Oh, this ain't the place! Oi, this ain't the place! Why, I shine shoes here when I was nothing but a little twine gondola. This is not an impressionism show. We, You know, we don't do impressions. So that wasn't the place... They then stated the new place was the Pontypool Railway Station. Pontypool! We got a Pontypool of our own back in, in here in Canada. Pontypool is a special place in our hearts. Everywhere in Canada is just named after a place in the UK. Because people just came here from that place from the UK and they're like, we'll just name it this. Yeah, that's why I'm in Newcastle. Did you know that the entire, you know, Durham region? That's our where region. where we're from. It's a region. I don't know what the cultural equivalent is in other places. Maybe a county? Might be. And for the, for the US, it's like a county? It's like a collection of towns. Every town in that uh, region is all from the same area of like northern UK. You got your Newcastles, you got the Durhams, you got your Whippies. You got them all. So that cab ride eventually led to the Severn View service station. And the passenger got out, paid 68 pounds in cash. Ooh. A week later. 68? 68. It was 68 a, it was a dollar off. 1995. It's a dollar off from right? fucking 69, man. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah. So that is 112 pounds and 90 cents in today's money. A hundred, let's say 113 pounds let's do math. to Canadian dollars. That is a $175 cab ride. Oof. Also, probably cabs were cheaper back then relative to everything because there were less relegation. so we gotta relegations. That's why got to do Got to do an Uber. We're talking about the UK so much. Start talking about relegations, you guys. Uh, that joke's for like three people in the audience. They love it. A week later from that cab ride on February 14th, Valentine's. Oh. Richie's Cavalier was found and received a parking ticket at the Severn View service station. Blimey, this mate's been parked here for nigh on a fortnight. And it did remain there for another four. What's fortnight? Two? That's two weeks. <laughs> Two days? Two, two weeks. weeks. Well, they remained there for another two days. All right, that was close. And on February 17th, the vehicle was then reported as abandoned. And now, you know, police could go have a look. Oh, oh hey. Have a, have a peek. A cab, am I right? They discovered that the battery was, was dead. The car must have been left on. Uh, it looked like it had also been lived in. A cab. There were pictures of Richie's family. All, all cops were having a peek. And they were all, you know, strewn around. And they'd ta- been taken only months before. There were also lots of burger wrappers. You know Ooh, the, you from know, the rabbit hole? You know what that's about, right? <laughs> Fresh burgers from the rabbit hole? And there was like fucking french fries and shit like left around on there too. I mean, that just sounds like a waste. It just sounds like he was just living in a van for a while. I mean, yeah. We've all been there. But it does It does paint a pretty kind grim... Of, before you say, kind of surprised there was a burger scene in Wales in 1995. There's got to be whale burgers out there. Hmm. Whale so burgers. It paints a pretty depressive... 
image, though, of a man just living in his van on the side of a bridge, just eating burgers, looking at pictures of his family. <laughs> it's really sad. And especially because I'm sure there are quite a few people in his life who had been more than happy to indulge him in these, like, conversations. And he's just so sad that he cannot, like, take his brain off the fact that he should just be, like, talking to somebody. So it was so it was found at the service station, right? And this Severn Bridge service station is a known hot spot. The Seven Bridge is the hottest spot. Not six. For suicide. Not eight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's widely believed that Richie did take his own life and jumped from that bridge. But, however, Tyler, mm. most people that were close to Richie mm. say he's he was never the type to actually contemplate suicide. Sure. Read this too. Lots he of quotes. Self-harmed himself a lot and he was very depressed. Self-harmed himself. <laughs> but it's it's not something that he would ever do so much so as being quoted in 1994 as saying in terms of the s word that's not something that that does never enter my mind see this just reeks of cobain meat to me and it never has this done shit in terms of an attempt fucking cited by all these cobain freaks because i'm stronger than that i might be oh, a weak person but i can take the pain he wouldn't kill himself so there's no chance he did so let's get into the real meat of this conspiracy. Hold on, no, 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 We got to get into the meat, Tyler, of the Severn Bridge. Oh, all right, all right. Because the Severn Bridge was built in 1643 as a trans. Yeah. He <laughs> likes to act like he knows everything about every piece of architecture in every city, but I bet he doesn't know about the Severn Bridge. I fucking hate architecture. That's why I want to see it all burn. How tall do you think the Severn Bridge is? That's why I was part of the 9/11 conspiracy. And no one will ever know. How tall do you think the Severn Bridge is? How tall? Yeah. Like the, well, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the Severn River on Google Maps, and it's at the point of which the bridge is at, it is no longer a river. How many feet? Tall? Tall. From the river. Oh, fuck. I mean, the fact that it hadn't been trans- uh, just based on the, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 200 feet. It is 445 feet. Wow, 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 wow. Aye. And it crosses the, what's that word? Estuary? Yes, estuary, yeah. So that, that's what I was saying is like the river at that point is not even a river anymore. It's just like it bleeds out into a large body of water that then connects to an ocean. So you have to call it a river still. but Exactly. So it crosses the estuary of a, of a river that has the second largest tidal range after the Bay of Fundy in Canada, of course. Uh, Bay of Fundy, yo. Canada. Have you ever got high at the Bay of Fundy? You ever kiss a fish on the Bay of Fundy? And at times, Tyler. You ever go to Dildo Bay? That tidal range is so strong that people can and do surf on it, just like here in Calgary, in the river. No, that makes complete sense. So if you were to jump into it, your body could easily be swept miles out to sea or upriver. Like, it'll just be gone. He's just writing music in Atlantis with Namor. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) That's where he is, baby. I hope that's the next Marvel fucking series spinoff. That would be a good one. (laughs) So with all that being said, most of the people that do jump off of the Seven Bridge... Their bodies are found in some capacity. Yeah. I, like, unfortunately, it's usually, like, appendages, because from that height, when you when you crash down on the water, you sort of explode. Yeah, there's, like, a certain terminal, not terminal velocity, but there's a certain velocity that you hit in which water behaves like concrete, and it does not matter that you've jumped into water. It just shatters you like anything else. It's real shit. I mean, all that, like, that, a lot of that does lend to the suicide on February 15th, a day after, the South Wales police issued a public statement about Richie's disappearance. 
Swear. And the band also released their their statement. They're all like, "Oi, he's he's gone." We're living on a prayer. We miss you, Richie Sambora. As we said, though, since then, more sightings keep popping up. It does seem like the sightings have tailed off quite a bit since he's left the popular culture. Oh, he's old now, but you know, people are seeing Tupac left, right, and center. But people are not really seeing Richie Edwards anymore. Well, there, at first there was a man who claims to have seen Richie in Go- Goa, India. Yeah, and there was that man who thought he saw Richie playing Living on a Prayer. Well, they thought they, thought they saw him living in a... At Glastonbury... In 97. It's not far off. Because he claims to have seen him living in a traveling hippie commune in India. And he asked another hippie who that guy was. And the hippie's like, oh, that that guy over there, man, that guy's name is Rick. That's Rick. That's fucking Rick, man. Like, that guy's got the fucking bangerang fucking weed, man. That's fucking Rick, man. All of these things do check out, kind of. Like, if he did, like, I think... Then, well, it still disappear at this point in time in history. The man then went over to allegedly Rick. Rick. He said, my name's John. <laughs> he was like, hey, Rick, what's your name? He's like, oh, my name's Jeff Reed. And he was like, okay, Jeff so Jeff, Jeff Reed. Or maybe Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey D. In 1998, Tracy Jones is the name. Oh. A waitress. It's a good name, though, Tracy Jones. I feel like that's another name. She's a waitress on the island of Fiera Ventura. I did that good, eh? That's uh, Fuerteventura. Uh, Fuerteventura. Supposedly, she sees Richie in an underground bar in the town of Coraleo. Like that? Yeah, that's good. Coraleo. In the, oh, it's in the Canary Islands. It's one of the Canary Islands. Fuerteventura. Fuerteventura. Where they, uh, breed those birds for the coal. One of the Canary Islands in the Atlantic Ocean. And then again in 2004. That's where they... Uh, He's reposedly spotted on Femera Beach. Read those birds for the cold. Lanzarote. Lanzarote. Lanzarote, Lanz- also one of the Canary Isles. Islands. They breed those birds for the coal. <laughs> so here's the thing. All these sightings. If we're to believe this, let's, let's, let's paint the picture here. Richie didn't kill himself. He just, yeah. he just left with all the shit. Mm-hmm. Left some, he's like, I don't need all my 500 pounds. 2800 But his sister also, this is the thing, is his sister claims he spent all that money before he disappeared. <laughs> on a desk, right? On a desk. But the desk is listed as not sold. Yeah, so we don't know about the desk, but it was a nice desk. But let's say that he did, he left, he took all his stuff, he goes and he parks his, he takes his cab ride, he's riding yeah, around. forget about the cab. Taking a nap in the cab. Yeah, goes to Pontypool. He goes to Pontypool, he goes no. to the service station. I don't know when he got his vehicle to the service station. If he took the cab to the service Impeccably station. researched. That's what this podcast is all about, baby. But he then lived in it for a while. It does seem like that. Dining does. on burgers. Yep. Dining on fries. God, I need a burger. Looking at pictures of his family. God, I need family. Then he just bailed everything, somehow made his way to India and joined a commune. Goa. Then made his way to the Canary Islands. Kaka. And I guess he just lived out his days there on the beach, maybe, writing poems. I mean, like, that is a, that is a solid thing that could, like... I think disappearing... Only 20, 30 years ago was much easier than disappearing now. I mean, obviously with the internet and everything, but the, like this is a possible thing. And I remember also reading that his mother was talking, his mother or his father were talking about one of their uncles, like one of his uncles. This is it. Lived in, like just bailed and went to Texas in the 60s and 70s and just lectured. One of his uncles went off the grid for 10 years. And, and then just reemerged. And he came back. And little Richie Sambora was always very like, enamored with that concept and, and you know what i feel that too i get it man 
I would love to just disappear off the grid for Let's go. Years. We kind of tried to do that when we came here, but then we just made a new grid. Yeah, we just made way too many friends. It's tough. And I believe there's other people than just his uncle. Like, his family has a history of just up and Getting bailing. Getting up and bailing, yeah. Yeah. So, some of the facts that we have detailed here, plus others, came out in a book in, I think it was 2019, came out, about 25 years after. Withdrawn Traces, Searching for the Truth About Richie Manic. By Sarah Hues Robert and Hues. Leon Noakes. No, butchering those names. But it has full cooperation. It's the first book or any piece really done to this extent that has full cooperation of Richie's sister, Rachel. And it contains like tons of testimonies from his closest friends. And it really gets into a lot of his diaries and artwork and little tidbits that aren't, that weren't really examined at the beginning. And a lot of things that came out of, from this book. One being the members of the family who've who've disappeared, um, uh, F- Richie's fascination with just disappearance in in general, dating back to his early schoolwork, his extensive library of books, which again a lot of things had to do with subjects of disappearance and just life in exile. He's like a big fan of DB Cooper. He's actually a big fan of JD Salinger. Oh fuck that guy! Well, fuck that guy so hard. He there's another theory that he had undiagnosed Aspergers. Uh, one of those traits is shutting yourself out. Yeah, he's like the original millennial. He's sad. <laughs> he's anorexic. He's talking about it. He's got undiagnosed ADHD. He takes Prozac. He just wants to disappear. This guy is a fucking forerunner. This is why his music's so good. There was another man who came out in this 2019 book, claiming to have seen Richie on the footpath of the Severn Bridge. On February 1st, 1995, he was a postman named David Rasmus. I don't know why it took him 25 years, but he's now included in this book, too. There's a, a meeting with a mysterious I saw woman. him, I did. <laughs> walking on the footpath. And I thought it was quite peculiar because it was 3.15 in the morning. There was a meeting with a woman, a mysterious woman. In named, a, named Regina Edwards. <laughs> In a Whitchurch hospital, who later left for Israel. Whitchurch hospital? And how, in Richie's last weeks, he spoke of wanting to go to Israel. Did you play Gwent? He even got tattoos. He even got, like, some fucking, like... Some fucking Welsh Israel, bullshit. no, like, some, like, Russell Brand type, like, Israeli oh, tattoos and shit. Oh, cringy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Even saying cringy is cringy, but I'm willing to say it right now for that, because that is cringy. Another thing the book details is the contents of the box left in his hotel on the day he disappeared. A lot of those items, again, referred to disappearance. A lot of, like, the little, like, collage things that he put on there. It's all, like, exile and disappearance. So it does seem like he was sort of doing this sort of, like, early 90s alternative emo, like, yeah, you'll He's got never like find a- me, but I'm... Going to be dead to all of you. He's got like fucking a, a DVD copy of Van Wilder in there. He's got a he's got a poster with all a bunch of ways to mix different drinks. He's got an OC cast member biography page, just like Rachel Bilson talking about oh, her motivation for the character. That's just a good piece of that's just a collector's got a, that's just a collector's item. He's got a he's got a beer bong. <laughs> I don't know what this bit is anymore. At the end of the day. Richie Edwards is gone, Tyler. The Manx Street Preachers lived on. Bon that Jovi man, will never be the same. That man, I, I believe they pronounced him dead at a certain point, like 20 years after the fact. Presumed dead. Yeah, they gave up eventually. But what do you think? But Well, what I got to say is I want to pull this one Richie Edward lyric 
up here before we go. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, this is not going to be a Richie Edward lyric. It's absolutely. I, <laughs> I, I picked this out before we started the show because it, it really hit me while we were listening. So <sighs> it's not. It's not. It's going to be like fucking Jay Z or something. He's a vampire, by the way. Check out episode. This is four. this is really tough because you know it really brings everything into focus. You know. Said we've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. Mm -hmm. We've got each other. And that's a lot for love. We'll give it a shot. We're halfway there. We're living on a prayer. Take my hand. Mm -hmm. We'll make it, I swear. We're going to carve for real into it with a razor blade. Personally, I think that Richie is still out there. Keep an eye out for four real tattooed on the arms of, let's see, 25 years ago, he oh, was 27. I can't believe we're, we're, we're closing up here, and this is the dead giveaway. Why didn't anyone just look at his fucking arm? Look at the arm, man. He, he's in the Canadian... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We're going to close out here, folks. I'm sorry. But he's in the Canary Islands mm-hmm. wearing a long sleeve shirt? Well, the sun will make that it's scar It's like 45 degrees. No, it won't. It will accentuate it'll, the scar. Look at these scars. Like, I got a cup on my cat. Me too. I 36 got one months here. ago. That one was like a year ago. And those disappear in winter. Yeah. They have no melatonin. You should have looked for the four real. We don't know. We don't they don't no one look for the four real. I think we just debunked this in the last 30 seconds of this podcast. <laughs> I think he's out there. I think he's living in the Canary Islands. Tyler thinks he's Caca. dead. Let us know what you think. Caca. At WKTRSPOD at gmail.com. He didn't you didn't get to fuck it up that time. That's um that's uh, what the kids uh, do. Uh, what the kids when what what the kids went to do? Uh, radio star. The kids uh, are all right. The, the sometimes kids, what the kids. Oh, we know what we're getting into next week, folks, and we'll let you know right now. It's Woodstock, nineteen ninety nine. We are as a gift for our extended absence. Mm-hmm. We're going deep on Woodstock ninety nine. Going deep. We're doing a multi-episode arc on Woodstock 99. We're still trying to hash out the final details of how we're going to tackle this. But I can guarantee you it's going to be at least two episodes. Yeah. And probably more like three. And maybe even four. It could be four. It could be. It won't be. I hope this whole podcast leads to us organizing another Woodstock. Holy shit, you're talking like, well, okay, let's be real here. Based on for our real. current metrics, let's be for, for let's real. Be for real. Okay, first, we're going to carve for real into our arms. Uh, let's, let's all just, carve uh, it in. Let's do some filler music here. Don't, we'll go too, right back. don't go too deep. Also, don't do this, but don't do a Richie. Okay, so we're back. We're <laughs> bleeding profusely. We have to wrap this up, but we need to do Woodstock 20, 2037. Based on our current popularity right now, if we extrapolate, yeah. we'll have enough people to generate enough interest for another Woodstock in 15 years, correct? I think so. And we'll be able to fund it by that point because we'll be millionaires. Patreon. Patreon. Patreon millionaires. Patrillionaires. I like this. I like I'm bleeding out. We need to wrap this up. Thank you for listening to another episode. Oh. We will be back next week with Woodstock 1999. Oh. Until then. Oh, I don't feel good. Don't carve anything into yourselves. Stay safe. Don't go missing. Don't disappear. Let us know what you think about Richie Edwards. It's like doing a whippet. And we'll see you next week. Oh.